Hey, what's up guys? Welcome back to the Racking Focus Podcast. I'm Josiah Blizzard. I'm John Doyle and we're here at the AMC Theater in Plymouth Meeting, Pennsylvania to see Hobbs and Shaw. John, I need to know, what is your favorite movie starring The Rock or TV show starring so The Rock? So it's a really problematic question because here's the deal. You say favorite, good, because if you say uh-huh. best, I would have a lot of difficulty because that's a real challenge. But I do have to say, I think it's The Meg. The Ro- That's Jason Statham. That's Jason Wait. Wait. Hold on. The Rock. No, it is there's Jason two bald, Statham. There's two bald uh, guys. How about this? How about you give me your favorite Jason Statham what? movie? Well, I was going to say that is Snatch. <laughs> yes. Yes, there you Snatch go. is That's good. That's what I was We can say. agree on that. Maybe right. we just go in and see the movie. So, and look. we'll just get... Yeah, they're two bald guys. Hold on. So wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> so, The Rock is in the Skyscraper film, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Is so, that your favorite Rock film? No, it is not. No? <laughs> no, that's a problematic What about movie. Rampage? No. Both of which no. are on HBO if you want to have Indeed. a really and That's what I watched, that really crazy stuff. I, I don't know if I have a favorite rock film. We'll see. <laughs> maybe uh, it's this one. Maybe it is. Maybe wait, it's wait, is he show. in that animated Matawati? What is it Ma- called? Uh, yeah, he plays Maui. Uh, in, uh, in that Disney. In, uh, Moana. All uh, right, Moana. Disney's My wife in the car could come <laughs> sing some songs. For that that would be great. Perhaps she'll do yeah. that later. So, cool. <laughs> so maybe it's not that one. So I'm just going to say Jason Statham in Snatch. And that's who I'm rooting for tonight. That's who I'm rooting for tonight. (laughs) Awesome. Well, let's go find out who wins. Hobbs and Shaw or Idris Elba. I don't know. Let's go. You're listening to the Racking Focus Podcast. Self, my name is There's two of them and two billion dollars worth of us. If the three of us don't work together... Billions of people will die. Your sister is one of the toughest, baddest, most capable women I've ever encountered. No one could do it better. What kind of girl? I see what you're doing. You think I'm stupid? Of course I think you're stupid. Oh, H to the O. So what'd you think? <laughs> We've been anticipating this movie for a little bit. We have. And to be honest, the thing that was most anticipated both happened and happened differently than I expected. Uh-huh. So, yeah, yeah, a little um, bit. So, uh, I'm going to say right up front. Spoilers. Spoilers. Absolutely spoilers. Yeah. You want to, you do not want to ruin your experience of the film by not having watched it before we talk. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I'll say this right up front. If someone's still sticking with us because they're dumb, it is the worst written, most entertaining <laughs> film I have watched. It is, it is, it is an enigma and a contradiction. <laughs> That's what it is. Well, it is, and I will stay still. Okay, I yeah, think yeah. the Meg is still the best rock film. I know. Yeah, <laughs> but that was understand. Jason Statham. I understand. That. <laughs> I I'm maybe making a point. All right. So, but uh, you haven't seen you haven't seen any of the other Fast and I've seen a pile of them, but not all been, of them. Okay. I certainly haven't seen all of what led to this. Gotcha. Okay. Right. Great. Well, Steph and I. will talk about that a in the bit. back seat here. Yeah. Um, Say hello, Steph. Hello. We. We I uh, I bought the entire collection on iTunes because it was five dollars a movie in the wow, bundle and movies. it was all eight movies. Um, this is better than a few of those movies. I, I okay um, yeah. At Tokyo Drift, not good. Just that you would watch Tokyo Drift and be like, I uh, would take Hobbs and Shaw I, any day. I have of the watched week. Tokyo Drift. You have okay. How do you feel about Tokyo Drift? Do you I, feel the same way? I feel that Tokyo Drift. Has two really good sequences, uh-huh, yeah, and a reasonably attractive Japanese woman. I think that that's what that movie has. <laughs> um, 
and like two likable characters, and that's maybe about maybe right. about it. Um, so, so yeah. So leading into into this, um, I di- I didn't know what to expect because of what we've gotten from the other movies with Luke Hobbs and Deckard Shaw. Um, however, I had a feeling it was gonna be about family because that's the only mantra that uh, Fast and Furious understands and knows, so they were absolutely going to plug that. Right, it's the language of Fast that's and Furious. That's just family. Like, if there was only... Like, you know how Groot only says three words? Right. If, if they could only pick one word to say for the rest of their life, it would just be Vin Diesel, again, who plays Groot, saying... Family. 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 Well, the key here is we may have the most actual biological family of any Fast and Furious film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that? Do you think think this is the most Um, biologically related? Well, we have. um, Well, I mean, there's a squadron of Samoans, right? Oh, yes. I mean, yes, you're right. Yes, we have two full families. We have two full families. You're missing out on Owen Shaw, who's um, who's played by. was Luke Evans? Is that his name? Whoever whoever played the Beast in um, Oh yeah, the Beast uh, Beauty and Beast remake. Uh, that CGI man, we could talk about that. Yeah. But, well, that's, that's for another time. Not, it's not the Beast. Um, Gaston. Oh yes, you're right. It's Gaston. <laughs> who the heck played the Who the heck? Played it, the doesn't beast? it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Okay, well he played Gaston. He's uh, he's he's another brother. He's one of right. the Shaw brothers. So um, who made the Kung Fu films? I guess. Never mind. It's I don't fine. know. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. Um, so there's this whole family, this whole Shaw family, apparently are all talented mercenary killers. We met Helen Mirren in Fate of the Furious. Um, have you seen Fate of the Furious? I have Furious? not seen Fate of the Furious. Okay. Furious. That's the one without Paul Walker. He right, passed right, right. away before the, the shooting of that movie. Um, and so we, we meet Helen Mirren in Fate of the Furious. Didn't expect her to pop up. In this film, for some reason, I don't know why. Well, because you weren't thinking it. family. I, well, I, but I, I, mean, I was, but I wasn't. I, like, <laughs> I, was, I just didn't expect that whole thing. And two other cameos I did not expect. One, Kevin Hart, completely <laughs> random, but that makes perfect sense. And hilarious. Yes, and and uh, yeah, it was it was a great little. They were talking so for so long on the plane. I was like, this isn't going anywhere. Where right. is this going? It's going to Kevin Hart. Um, and the second one, actually, the second one was Kevin Hart. The first one was. Ryan Reynolds. Oh, it was pretty much just Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Oh, really without spectacular! A suit. Yeah, yeah, completely unexpected. Um, there are two. If you haven't seen the film and you're still listening to us for some odd reason, um, there's two post-credit scenes that are setting up the f- next franchise of Fast and Furious. Well, and to be way. clear, there wasn't really a beat in this film that wasn't setting up. The no, sequel. no, it's true. They this set up the sequel at the end of the film, they, and then they just continued that setup. I mean, literally, like, the film started, and I was like, wait, this is getting ready for the sequel. Yeah. Uh, Amazing. You know, and Idris Elba could potentially be in a sequel. He could be back. He could have survived. Yeah, they may have just shut him off, but... Well, he may also may change sides, because that's a Fast and Furious motif. Anything can happen. There are no rules when it comes to these movies. Not at all. And to be clear, just one other point. This is an Easter egg and spoiler. Apparently, the universe of the Italian job Pa- uh, yes, is this so? Yes. The Italian job is in the yeah. greater cinematic universe of Fast yes. and Furious. Appa- as apparently, of now. it's the same. Oh. Was he British in that film too? Yeah, he was. Okay, smooth, was it Smooth Rob? Is that? I mean, he just what does. I don't remember yes. his name in the film, but but I mean, he's always. I mean, this is who he it is. Was, yeah, yeah. yeah he, he showed a little Mini like Cooper, the, and it the was the best actor of a single sort of 
uh, emotional British position. Character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's really amazing. Um, uh, all right, this so. could take place in the same universe as Snatch and and, we, we and any Guy Ritchie film, and it would have been totally fine. Yeah, absolutely. For some, I think they might, you know. I wouldn't put it past Fast and Furious to just try and link all of these little pieces yeah. together. Um, clever, but so uh, so 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 great. So you heard what <laughs> I I heard what you have to say now. T- tell me as uh, um, uh, as the end of the giant journey you took with Steph watching all the films. How does this fall into that arc? I feel like I'm in the middle of the freaking arc. Like I, <laughs> I feel like we we just went through and we're now we're in the middle of Act Two. And it's, we've hit the midpoint, and now we're going the other direction. Whether that was we were going down first and then up, or we're going up and then down. Something's happening. I don't feel like I've reached the end of this. This is this could launch another this, six movies. There, there's another whole franchise yeah. here, right? And yeah, yeah. The, the, they understand that the charisma of these two actors, and ultimately of, um, what's her name? Uh, goodness gracious. The, oh, yes. Um, Vanessa Kirby. Kirby. Yeah. I mean, their charisma is... Yeah. Oh, it's undeniable. Yeah, uh, and they know that. They, they, they yeah. understand what that's capable of doing. And right. if the audience here, sitting in this theater right now, as we came out after a six o'clock show to a packed, yeah, it's uh, packed parking, parking lot. I mean, I, I I went to the bathroom right before the film started, and I came back in. The only chairs that were not filled were like the first two rows because no one wants to yeah. sit there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was packed. This yeah. is this is pulling some serious money in this weekend. I think. So so tell me uh, what you like the best. Uh, okay, so there was a few things that stood out. Um, the first thing that I loved, which might feel gimmicky um, and might be kind of weird, I loved the split screen in the beginning of the film that introduced the two introduced the two characters. Um, but I specifically liked it because if you watch if you watch this and you had never seen anything, didn't know anything about these characters, based on the color grade and the and just the coloring and the shots in general, you could tell a lot about the characters. A lot about the characterization, who they are, what type of people they are, where they're from. They didn't say London or L.A. in the beginning of that split screen, nope. did they? Uh, no, not they did at the end. end. Yes, at the end of the um, when they went into the uh, their their respective yep. clubs, right? Um, and so you have this L.A. orange and this rainy London cool blue, right? Like you, which they you have, internally yeah. reference in the language, right? They actually yes. use mm-hmm. color-based language yeah. as well. It's as color-based. It's style. completely color-based. Uh, and then what's interesting is actually when they go into their nightclubs, the colors switch. Right. Uh, and so now you have from, I mean, London, they painted as more of a uh, high society, like just like upscale sort of thing. That's the world that Jason Statham's character Shaw right, smooth, comes from, right? Stylish, yeah, smooth. right. Um, and so they they flip the color palette once they go into the clubs, and it's completely neon blue and pink uh, in in Hobbs's uh, nightclub, and now it's a it's a warm orange. Mm-hmm. I would rather, if I had to pick a place, I want to be L.A. during the day and London at night. At night that, yeah. yeah, so you just can't get the best of both worlds, but. Um, so that's that was the biggest thing from the beginning of the film that really that really stuck with me the whole time because I that was the best use of color I think in the entire film. Uh, what about you? What did you like? Um, so I have to say that I think that they did a nice job integrating the action car action sequences mm-hmm. into larger scale action sequences. Yeah. And this feels like a spy thriller. I mean, it just feels like a yeah. really lightweight spy thriller. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that that was really well done. Um, I, uh, 
I think the other... I, I actually really enjoyed the Samoan section. Yes, uh, I did too. And yeah. I, I anticipated that was going to not be enjoyable, that it was going to be needlessly sentimental. Uh-huh. And although perhaps the post-credit lead-out, like the weird... Like, the movie ends really strange. It ends like, fast. Like... The it, movie ends like too abruptly. It does. It just drops off, almost literally drops off the yeah. edge of the of a cliff, and then suddenly we're getting all of this sort of epilogue, this denouement, yeah, this through credits, through, through credits, credit scenes, right? Um, which actually worked just fine, but it felt really funny with the switch to the movie. They would have been better as full scenes. They would have. They would have been better, been better to scenes. have a scene of them going back in. I think they know their audience, and they know that that doesn't matter to their audience yeah. as much, and so they're going to yeah. let it go. But, but the but I, I will say that I thought the Samoan stuff was really good. I thought that they integrated the action really pretty well, uh, and that could have been awful. Yeah, yeah. Um, they did, you know, that there was some really nice work there. I also thought that the sequence um, with the doctor in the, the the scientist who we've seen a hundred times. Yeah, right, right. That, that sequence with him originally was really well done too. The Russian sequence. The I Russian thought that sequence. was really nicely done. Um, what, um, one thing I will say oh, is there are moments when that camera's moving for absolutely <laughs> no, no, no reason. reason. Um, they're very yeah. Michael Bay, I mean, like arcs, and I mean, we, you chuckled a few there times. Was, there was it's times mainly I, when they're on the mountain. Oh, it's right? just and, um, yeah. they have a helicopter. They're flying. Yeah, we're that just going to circle the them. Um, felt completely unnecessary. Um, a lot of the. Uh, I, you know, I've said this multiple times, I have a hard time with shaky cam, especially during action, because what that says to me is that these actors can't fight, mm-hmm. uh, so we're going to disguise a lot of the action as in the in the shake. Um, I really, I don't like it, um, especially coming off of, Steph and I this past week just watched uh, Legend of Drunken Master, right. and uh, we watched, um, watched Enter the, the Dragon, and so both... Both films, there's no shaky cam. You just watch people fight. We're yeah, actually exactly. watching Jackie Chan mm-hmm. kick some butt and and Bruce Lee do what he does best. And so, awesome sound effect. an awesome sound effect. We can insert sound effects maybe in post this. We can do that. Keep That's that. it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So like coming from that to this, it's I don't know. I, I'm like I want. Give me some like oh I want a wide shot. Give me a wide shot where you actually take some people down. Now what I did love as far as action goes, which sometimes gets too stylistic, and I hate when Zack Snyder does it for some reason. Maybe I'm just holding a grudge against Zack. Is slow motion the use of slow motion when they here? Were, yes, was excellent. Excellent, yeah, um, and beautifully lit. Like it was, it was, um, it was Guy Ritchie slow motion. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Um, so David Leitch, who directed this, David Leitch, that's this how you pronounce his name? Leitch, Leitch, Leitch. Leitch. I don't know. What? Uh, David. Yes, right. Yes, David. Right. The director also did Atomic Blonde. Yep. Uh, so I, I go, coming in, I knew he did this movie, and I said, okay, well, if we're going to get anything out of this, it's going to be good action sequences. And there were some really mm-hmm. good, good. I mean, the whole. Well, he understands movie, lighting, yeah, so he knows right. how to use lighting and color. Yeah, we've seen that before too. And yeah, and coming, from, uh, he was a stuntman, I believe, um, coming into Atomic Blonde, and he did that massive stairwell. Fight, which mm-hmm. was just incredible, one of the best fight sequences in the last couple years. Yep. Um, and uh, he understands how the camera works. In but I was a little bit disappointed in the the shakiness of the camera. This, yeah, and it, this time, I, you so. know maybe it is because of people fighting, but it's also hiding 
the, the number of people were fighting. Ah, uh, yeah. So oh, yeah, yeah. I, there were places where the matches just don't work, right? right? And the shaking can lets us get past that because yeah. Statham can actually fight. Yeah, oh, for sure. And the, Kirby the sh- the looks like were, she could yeah. fight. Like there were moments where they went to a wide, yeah, and she was, and it le- was her and and Statham, right? Yeah. Legitimately doing stuff, and and we, the Rock, can throw an arm, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it felt to me like it was trying to manage groups action yeah. not their individual action like the sequence where they're going through the two rooms mm-hmm. statham's fantastic in that sequence yeah. even where there's special effects stuff happening the you know he's re- that's a nice fight scene yeah there may be a reason that they gave the rock one guy in a yeah. room right and right. he just punched him out uh you have brute strength versus you know actual martial arts capabilities um, when the opening so. sequence we saw uh, some pretty good uh, Vanessa Kirby fighting taking mm. place. So there were places where we were seeing some people actually fight, but whenever there was a large group, yeah. and that Samoan scene's a good example, as interesting and intricate as it was, especially the driving stuff where we actually yeah. saw stuff, like the camera goes wide, right. um, most of that was shit hiding, I think. Difficult to match sequences. Yeah, team fire and yeah. what you know, whatever person. I, I want to say this: like the the why 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 <laughs> is Idris Elba's character? What, what was his name? I don't Brinker, know. Brinker, Brinker, Brinkman, Brixton, Brinkman, Brixton, not Brinkman, Brixton. Why would he? Why did he have to put a helmet on? Except I because <laughs> they needed to not see I his face know, when they were right? doing. They needed they, a stuntman to come. Well, in. well and when I they know. were CGing these massive right. CG moments where right. the, you know the motorcycles doing stuff. Go on I'm like, why yeah. does this Superman? <laughs> why is he putting a helmet and, on? And why does he need a suit? So deliberately, why isn't he just putting walking a helmet naked? On. He's so de- well, and The Rock certainly. Like you know, why aren't the they all just walking around? Well, all when the women he, are coming out of so the movie. The moment that I I laughed, I. Well, not the loudest because I laughed a lot of times. But w- <laughs> when he put his shirt on yeah. after the Samoan fight into uh, onto oh, yeah, that yeah, car, yeah. he's put why? Yeah, he put Where was the shirt? And <laughs> what th- makes him decide to put it on? Like, what? Why would you? Why would you decide to put a shirt know. on there? I don't know. Let's talk about though. Um, let's talk about Brixton for a second. Okay. Um, was he a good villain or no? If you just off the top of your head, don't think about it. Just yes or no. No. Good. Okay. Sorry, we just wanted to do a speed round. On, That's great. On that. No. Um, I agree, because it's a little complicated now when you think about it. I'm kind of I'm kind of tired of the humanity's killing itself. Yep. Uh, thing like I just like you got Thanos doing it. You got um, what's that movie? Kingsman. Kingsman. Who right. did it? Like we're just like was there another one? There was another film that we just watched. I don't know what it was. We, we saw it in theaters. Almost every movie yeah. we see it's today. Yeah, humanity's killing itself, so we need, a, we need to do a mass genocide. So it's just all of these political statements on we're just destroying the climate and the world, and the, which we are. But always the person who's noticed that is the person is the, who's the bad villain, guy. yeah. yeah. So, and they're always going about it from the wrong, the wrong, the wrong way. Uh, I don't think, like, if I had to choose who's a better villain, um, Samuel Jackson's character from... Kingsman, right? Or Brixton, yeah. Samuel Jackson every time, and he's not putting up a fight. Mm-hmm. He's he's doing other things to kind of save humanity, but he's a more complex villain than this. He sees himself as the good guy trying to save. Brixton straight up said in the beginning of this film, they asked, "Who are you?" Bad guy. Yeah. You know, like he's he's saying, "I'm a bad guy. Don't trust me." 
Like, I just... I hate that. So, the so bad guy should never see himself as the bad Elba's guy. Elba's taken a series of roles like this. Yeah. It's really interesting. So he t- has the same kind of role in Star Trek Beyond. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. he's taken... And, and for an actor as good as him, who's running some pretty strong work outside of this. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. he's... You know, Luther, whatever. Oh, he's Luther's doing so really good. strong work yeah. elsewhere. He's taken a series of roles that are not well written, not supporting of him as an actor, right. and as bad guys, really off base. Yeah. I mean, that Star Trek character is just, it doesn't make any sense, mm-hmm. and this character doesn't make any sense. Yeah. He, I, there's no depth. There's no depth right. to, other than you get a little bit of backstory, there's no depth or emotional response to what he's saying. I just don't care. One of the things you want to think about in a movie like this is the question of what backstory is versus not. Mm -hmm. So Guy Ritchie style backstory when we see the grifts is is a whole different thing, right? Like that works. Backstory where you're just explaining something isn't backstory. It's exposition. Yeah, Yeah, fair enough. And so we got so every time we learned we learned nothing about him from an emotional standpoint. His whole he, he only existed and his exposition, his backstory only only served the purpose of reuniting um, the Shaw siblings together. Yep. That was it. Right. He had the, he was the linchpin yeah. to explaining yep. Shaw's backstory. Yeah, he backstory. was just the bridge. He was just the connection. It's, it's, and, and, yep. and what we see in this movie throughout, and that's why I say so poorly written, yeah. is not just exposition dumps, but lines that, I mean, really, I'll be honest, like, I wrote in, like, Stories I created in third grade, yeah. like dialogue, where I would say the, the importance of the universe can only be helped by like, horrible writing. Yeah. Writing I don't really want to expose to the world. No, there's no subtext in right. any of this. It's just like I'm just gonna throw this out at you, and you're gonna take it at face value because that's what it is. And that's where the Elba gets cheated mm-hmm. because he is a charismatic actor yeah. and they room this charisma. Yeah, so we yeah. have all this charisma with the three leads. Yeah. And Harold, Hel- Helen Mirren is absolutely devastatingly charismatic. Yeah. You know, we have these people who were immediately connected to Shaw's, uh, uh, Hobbs's brother mm-hmm. is a charismatic actor. Yeah. So you have that, that group, um, Kevin Hart, right? Same right. thing. And then you stick this other guy and you make it, put him in all black. And you strip away yeah. everything that would give yeah. him value. Yeah, there's no personality. There's no character. And it really, it really is. It really is one of the weaknesses of the movie. But it doesn't hurt my viewing at all. Yeah. Well, because you you know what to expect coming into something like this. Now we've we've mentioned Guy Ritchie a few times. I would be so interested to watch a Guy Ritchie take on a on a Fast and Furious movie, because I know I'm not going to get a cliche action film. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to get something that's fresh. I'm not going to see any Michael Bay-esque shots. I'm not I'm going to I'm going to hear dialogue that has subtext. I'm going to hear dialogue that is well-written, well-crafted, uh, that if you read it off of a page to yourself and all the characters' names were whited out, you couldn't read them, you would know who's talking. Right. Um, and and it would just be a fun movie. It would be it would be a better movie. It would be a better movie. I'm I'm tired of cliché action films but 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 it's still fun to watch so that's the thing it's a roller coaster it's a it's play and so 
Whereas um, some of the other movies we've watched that have been big blockbusters this mm-hmm. year have not been enjoyable, have not been fun to watch. Either right. they take themselves too seriously or yeah. they don't make any sense and we don't get any of the fun. Yeah. This movie delivers at every beat whether or not I'm laughing because Kevin Hart's funny or I'm laughing because I, I think that, you know, yeah, the, right. the the relationship we're seeing on screen is entertaining or the charisma is engaging or the, the camera work is ludicrous. Uh-huh. Yeah. All of that is a payoff for me as right. an audience member. Right. Like, the, I, do they know the, tonal, the tonality of the film? They know what they're doing. They're not taking themselves too seriously. They know that this is the cheesiest shot I'm going to do today and it's going to get it into the film and it's who cares like that's it's going to cause a reaction in some way whether it's someone thinking this is super cool or it's some film guy's going to laugh at it look there was a moment when some guy threw chains that by the virtue of physics uh, or whatever yeah, looped yeah, around yeah. another vehicle around and hooked on <laughs> right i i mean it in in it's an insane <laughs> moment and you just buy it because the the experience is We're, what you're going for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah, you brought up physics. Though okay, so the one scene that we've laughed at every time we I mean, we've seen the trailer for this film mm. what, every movie we've gone Almost to Almost every movie we've this, gone this to. season. Um and every time we get to the rock hanging on, I mean the man physically held down a helicopter. Well, a helicopter <laughs> <laughs> Yes. But knowing now that he grabbed the chain as it was flying, flying past him. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then had right, the ability right. to rewrap it from that strength position is even more ludicrous. Yeah, I know. And yet, <laughs> uh, and yet, you just, you just ride you with just, it. You believe it. You believe you know, it. You know, suspension of, the, of disbelief. There, there's no, there, there's, you know, there's this constant play in the movie about... Uh, Vanessa Kirby is like, kill me, you have to shoot me, you have to shoot me. Yeah. Like, no one's going to do that. Right. And there is no, once they hit the go button on the remove the, once the, <laughs> once the car mechanic redesigns the hyper technological piece that, right? with, a 3D, with his 3D, you know, California choppers like yeah. devices, once he does that, <laughs> once that attaches to her arm, they try to make there be some suspense, but there can't be mm-hmm. because they they can't kill her in time now. Yeah, and if she doesn't get him out of her, everybody in the world dies. Like yeah. it's like a, they they set themselves the st- up. The stakes too high. The stakes were the stakes were impossibly high. Yeah, there was no like, way everyone dies. Yeah, everyone yeah. dies. Wait, and there's no way we're going to see a payoff to a, any relationship in this movie. Like right. you can't get any of that right. because they're building a sequel yeah. that doesn't remove any of the fun. Uh, yeah, no, it's true. I don't know how they do it though. Like, it's how does, nuts. How, it's so backwards. It's so backwards. Steph, what did you think of the movie? I liked it. It was fun. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, I better, the whole time. is it better than Enter the Dragon? You. Yeah, okay, <laughs> that's a good thanks. answer. Yeah, that's good. good I, ho- I hope we have a shot. I hope. Those, oh, it's shot. right Those there. Those movies just ended. They were just done. Yeah, I, so did this. this. Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> they maybe all just they all just end like that. Like, Reservoir end? Dogs just end. We watched Reservoir Dogs last night, and she was like, "What in the world?" Is that? Yeah, it just ends. So, but going from last week, Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, so well crafted in every way, and you haven't seen it yet, right? Um, so well crafted in every way to this film. <laughs> It's just like the, it's the complete opposite of what, what and, this movie is. And the horror of it is, right? That uh, and our timer's up, so I want to be conscious of time. Mm-hmm. The horror of it is that it is crafted. 
Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For a true. specific purpose. Right. The poorness of the filmmaking, maybe, as, a, as art, is part of the craft. Yeah. And that's insane. Yeah. It's, it's a money generator. It is a money generator. Um, with guys who can't fail. No, there's a formula somewhere. And, I, and I'll watch Statham do almost anything. Yeah. Like I say. Like, uh, I love Statham. I love yeah. The Meg. Uh, it's not a good movie. I, I, I can't get enough Statham. I, I, I don't think there's a movie of his I haven't enjoyed. When, I mean, uh-huh. I just love his... He's so charismatic and interesting. I need to go watch The Italian Job now, because... The Italian Job is... I mean, great. it's a great movie. It's great. It's a, uh, I mean, but if you now, haven't seen I, it, Rock Now I need film. to watch it knowing that... Shaw is actually this other guy. Right, like he's, so right, I he's need, I need pretending to, see to be yeah. someone else. Ugh, insanity. Anyway. Uh, all right, so we're going to run out of time, uh, <laughs> but we're going to come back and talk about this again. So, yeah. uh, quick, first night rating from you. Um, as an action film, like, 8 out of 10, 7, 8 out of 10. As a film in general, like a... Six, five, or uh, okay, six, good. somewhere in there. Yeah. So as a as an action film, right? We're talking about the genre. Yeah. I think you're right. It's like an eight out of ten. Yeah. Um, actually, in, in this franchise, for entertainment's purpose, it even goes to a nine for me. Like I'd okay. say, it's up at the top of what I've seen of the franchise, and I've seen the first bunch. Okay. I stopped sort of. See, when the Rock comes in, that's what I, when that's when the really, Rock and Shaw come in, I'm like. Now it's gotten yeah. good. Yeah, like so, the sixth one, I'm like, yes, yeah. this is so, great. So, so, but as a film, I'm going to no higher than a five for me. Yeah. And it's it, that doesn't mean that it doesn't work as a movie for the movie theater. Yeah. And it doesn't work for something you can watch anytime it comes on television <laughs> or or anytime you, where, you know, Apple TV goes on and it comes on HBO, right. watch it on Saturday night, like whatever. Yeah. Absolutely. But it is horribly written <laughs> and there's almost no direction no. yeah and the, and there's just I mean it just violates every rule <laughs> of, good, of of quality filmmaking yeah but that means I'm being a snob because it is being made by people for the purpose that it serves right which is madness well let's see what we think in a couple days and yeah I'm anxious we'll to see to what resources we come up with yeah for, for this sure. film so uh cool all right. Well, that's good. I think we're going to be okay here. Uh, I guess you should start the car and we should drive off. We'll see you soon. Hey, welcome back to the Racking Focus podcast. It's been a few days since we saw Hobbs and Shaw. Um, and there's really not a whole lot of information on the web about this movie. Have you found anything? So, uh, you know, a uh, cursory YouTube search came up with one sort yeah. of obviously prepackaged promotional piece yeah. where they were answering leads, were answering questions and some reviews and trailer after trailer after trailer. Well, which is great because the trailer is actually so good. Yeah. I would, I think I'd watch this trailer more often than I'd watch this film. Okay, great. Um, I think the trailer's a great piece of editing um and it actually i've heard people say that it tells you the whole film before even seeing the movie so it, it does it, it just makes sure that you have things to be surprised about which yeah. is great it's it's yeah. a, it's a really well-designed trailer um how about reddit do you find anything on reddit there is zero subreddit for this movie i think that i, I saw one person who created the subreddit and asked if anybody wanted to be mods and it has Two upvotes and nobody else on that <laughs> subreddit. So that is it. There's no, there's no, not even any conversation happening. It was just the question: Who wants to be a mod on this subreddit? Nobody answered. So, um, good luck to them. 
that's I didn't find anything there. The only things that I did find was um, <laughs> there's there's one big plot hole question that is looming, and it's the fact that is it even possible for Jason Statham and Vanessa Kirby to play siblings that close in age in their flashback scene? Uh, because the flashbacks made them seem like they were maybe maybe max six years apart when there's when he's 52 and she's 31 but she actually looks like she's like 21 that's right um so you have this 20 year gap uh but really it's like it has to be max eight years yeah and and that would be that mean whatever poetic license they want to have uh did that bother you in the film? Did any that question even cross your mind? Of so, I think Statham, uh, and I mean, I'm I'm a Statham fan, right? Yeah, I yeah. think he doesn't have an age, but you know, he, in fact, he and The Rock both uh-huh. live yeah. in this sort of permanent. I want to say like 35 year old. Yeah. Well, how? Let's find range. out how old The Rock is. Um, if you had to guess, how old would you say he is? Uh, like I say, 35. Like I think they're 35. They're both They're 35 just 35. I, I remember, you know, in, in Snatch, which is not a current film. No, it's too... He's... Right. Looks like he's uh, he, well, 35. He looks, like he looks the same age as he does now. I know, he's just amazing. He doesn't age. Yeah. Well, actually, uh, so The Rock's 47. Um, Vin Diesel's 52 as well, same age as Jason Statham. Right. Apparently, if you're bald, you don't you, age. You really don't uh, age. Well, you know, yeah. and I, I was just watching uh, the second... Jack Reacher movie on okay, television yeah, yeah. Tom so Cruise, Bill right, Time. Yeah. And Tom Cruise looks like a big puffy mess in that movie. Uh-huh, I mean, yeah. you know, he's so full of work done. And these guys right. look like they're like fresh out of the womb. Maybe maybe Tom Cruise should shave his head and uh, might may, 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 well I don't I don't uh, know. He'd look think, weird, I think. I think people would dislike that a lot. If we can find a picture of Tom Cruise bald, that we, would be, it, we'll, right we'll here. flash it right on flash screen. right there. Probably um, find it. Yes, yeah, so that was the big question that people were asking was like this is the this is a clear plot hole they can't possibly be siblings this close in age. So, yeah, I mean, my response to something like that is, did you watch this film? Yeah, because it doesn't matter. <laughs> the, the film literally is a massive plot hole. Yeah. Like, there's all there is is right. action taking place that is impossible. Yeah, there, um, the that big truck <laughs> they drive in the last sequence, the uh, the the escape right rather the escape sequence the 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 big giant truck the truck that the rocks driving the right the rocks yeah, yeah. driving drives, then, and, and, and you, Kirby drives it too uh-huh, briefly yeah. that's called the man truck I learned online that's called the man truck and Kirby calls it the woman truck now since she drove it okay gotcha yeah that yeah. that truck's impossible like it's a it's a piece of madness it, uh-huh. it's it's too big for its own good it doesn't make any sense yeah. um and the and when uh, Statham lands on it uh-huh. it's the the level of madness means I don't care how old they well, are he, together. He, he lands sideways on the bed yes, of this truck and then just gets out because it because there is no concussive yeah. damage to anybody. Mm-hmm. There are crashes in this film without broken bones, and you need to be Wolverine. You need to have metal bones in order to yeah. survive these crashes. Yeah. Oh well. Okay. So that's that's the topic then a little bit is um, Fast and Furious started out as you know the first the first film they they went from um, these car enthusiasts to stealing some DVD players, essentially. Right. right. They were robbing truckers, stealing DVD players. Very normal human type move. You know, there was nothing crazy about what they were doing other than they were really, really good at driving cars mm-hmm. fast and being criminals. Uh, it's then escalated to uh, robbing drug dealers down in uh, Brazil 
um, or Colombia, wherever they were, they were in Rio, so it was um, Brazil, um, to stopping world mass destruction terrorism in Fate of the Furious. And now you have two guys teaming up, stopping um, it, it, a superhero right. for all intents right. and purposes. Black Superman is what he calls himself. So what Fast and Furious has done is they've, they're like, oh, we're going to take a part of this uh, Marvel pie and create our own superhero movie, essentially. So that, what, would you say that The Rock, Statham are superheroes? Yeah, I think they're sp- I think they're James Bond more than they're superheroes. Right. Although their physical attribute is mm. the superhero attribute, yeah, they 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 are the indestructible pre right. um, Daniel Craig mm-hmm. James Bond. Like the Daniel right. Craig James Bond, there's a lot of physical damage he takes. Yeah, yeah, and we see some uh, of that. Like yeah. we see things happen to his body. Here, oh, yeah. these guys. They're, they're, they're just indestructible. There's no scratches on There's them. No There's no scratches. scratches anywhere. The rock falls through a piece of glass what? with Brixton. Hit it. He hits he hits the piece of glass the same time. Statham comes out of an elevator and beats two guys up. And there's like they get up, no scratches on Kirby them Kirby runs over glass. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's madness. Wait, is she barefoot? Or I is believe she... she is barefoot. Okay, well, we know from Die Hard that, that And maybe hurts. she's not. Maybe she's so. not barefoot. Maybe that's just me thinking of another film yeah. where I saw someone do that. But that, that to me is madness. But uh-huh. but that moment when he drops. So there's the, the insane outside elevator lowering mm. that we hit a button and it just starts dropping with, yeah. fearlessly. And then the rock to beat that drops onto bodies to knock them free. Yeah, it's always a it's always like a contest between these two. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast called Film Spotting. Yeah. Um and they brought up that what they loved that this movie did was it just it paralleled these two guys, two very different approaches. We talked about the split screen in our in our previous conversation uh of setting up their different characteristics, their morning routines. The Rock takes a crunch out of a, a Folgers coffee can and, you know, Statham's making an omelet like very different people, but it, it contrasts in the screen so well, not just with the split screen, but with what they're physically doing. Right. The rock going brute force, jumping out of a building, landing on guys versus Statham taking the more civilized way of I'm going to take an elevator down. And even with the uh, them fighting in the two different rooms, you have brute strength, mano y mano. He just knocks the one guy out. Uh Biggest guy ever. I mean, The Rock's 6'5". This mm-hmm. guy he knocked out had to be at least seven foot. Uh, versus Statham, ninja-like skills, taking out... Well, I probably had to be 10 guys in that room. Uh, so you're getting this split screen, not necessarily a literal split screen, but a two different versions. This is what they're doing on one side of the screen versus another side of the screen. Even in the airplane, they're split with an aisle right in between them. One mm-hmm. man's on the left, one man's on the right, uh, going at it just verbally. So... The movie did really well of splitting them into two different categories, literally on two sides of the screen doing two different things. Uh, so, I mean, that was a little, a great little nugget from them that, that yeah. I liked a lot. Yeah, it's it's funny because you're talking about like the the clever, thoughtful filmmaking yeah. in this piece of spectacle. Uh-huh. Yeah. And there is no suspense in this movie, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> this is not a suspense film. There's no suspense present at all. It's an action film. Mm-hmm. It's a spectacle. It's a thrill ride. Yeah. And we see that in James Bond often, and especially in the new James Bond, we see it move in that direction. Certainly right. in the uh, you know the the Marvel superhero films, we see that. And it, they they aren't falling into the DC trap of 
maudlin pain and suffering. There's yeah. tragedy here. Like we know Kirby, the script says Kirby could die. She, we know she can't. Right. The script says she could die. There are moments of intimacy between people around that. Yeah. But that intimacy has no threat. Yeah. So we're not experiencing anything but the thrill ride. And that means they're doing their job, whether or not you think right. the film is a high quality film. Right. You know, I, I, I wouldn't put this next to um, even like Reservoir Dogs, right? Where we right. sort of have a sense of where it's going and it's, it's, there's so much spectacle and action or, or uh, 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 you know, Pulp Fiction. Any of those movies, Pulp Fiction has suspense, but, you know, those movies are, there's lots of thrills in those movies. There's lots of spectacle in a Tarantino film. Yeah. This movie, and they're better films, right? Well, and those two films work so well because they're hiding a very crucial piece of information that you, you're piecing things together with them, right? This movie, you're like, well, if Kirby dies... So does the entire world. Yeah, and so, so we're done. So who cares? The stakes, yeah, right. There's exactly. no stakes. Right. And, and, but that means that my experience in the theater is just escapism. Yeah. And there's a place for that. Mm -hmm. The escapism isn't racist. Right. I do have some issues with the fact that, you know, again, they're painting people who want to make the world a better place into the evil ones. Mm -hmm. um, but, the, you know, the, there is this, I mean, it's just enjoyable. And there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. It's a, it's a, it's a turn your brain off type of movie like like the fact that we're even talking about this movie on a podcast right now uh means that maybe we didn't watch the movie as well as we should have because we were thinking too much during the film i, I mean they made this movie for people not like us mm -hmm. they made this movie for the guy who doesn't care about anything character what he wants to see action he wants to see people get hit really hard he wants to see some fast cars and some explosions. And you know, the other thing too, and I wanted to talk about this, is just generally the acting quality. They, yeah. I think these people are all doing their job. Right. The, their job is very specific and very limited. Mm -hmm. This is not high performance, right? This right, is not right. detailed acting. And yet, they're hitting their marks. They're doing the work they need to do to meet the film's needs. Mm -hmm. I mean, Kirby's a a good actress yeah right and statham's a good actor too the rock i don't know i don't have any I, sense of i uh, like the rock i think it's I, it's weird yeah it's kind of weird he's come a long way especially since uh the scorpion king yeah certainly. Uh, the, from the mummy back in what was that 2000 i have no somewhere idea when in, the in there king came out. oh my gosh talk about bad cgi uh anyway go ahead continue yeah so I, i'm saying like they're uh, who, who did you feel gave strong performances as actors? Uh, performances where you had saw moments where you said, I just, there's work being done here. Um, yeah. Uh, I haven't seen Kirby in enough mm -hmm. to, uh, to tell if she... I mean, this is definitely not her strongest performance. I think she's incredible in The Crown. Um, yeah, and I think she's incredible in uh, Mission Impossible. Yeah, she's extraordinary. Yeah, I, I mean the characters on in this movie are so surface level yeah. that they're and The Rock plays himself in pretty much everything he he does, and he's typecast in that, and it's not his fault. He's just that big that he mm -hmm. has to play that character, and they kind of joke about that a little bit in, yeah. in the film, right? Just being so big for his own good that he can't be this guy. Uh, Statham again typecast as this kind of anti-hero you know smooth yeah right smart, his name's Handsome Rob clever. in the Italian job like yeah. that's pretty much it's pretty much him we can talk about the Italian job in a minute um, but uh, and then and then you have Kirby who's just kind of 
There, I wanted to see more uh, Helen Mirren because oh, no. she's yeah. playing a c- character that you just don't expect her to play. I think you know, and she played Princess. Did she play Princess Margaret in another film? I believe that uh, her and uh, Kirby were connected in some way. I'm going to look that up. What I want to say about this is that this is a movie about celebrity, not about acting. And that that's a legitimate, Mm -hmm. just as the movie's a spectacle, not really a story, right? It's just spectacle for us. This acting is really about celebrity. It's about Statham and The Rock and Kirby. Right. It's not about their characters. It's not about Hobbs and Shaw. They could have named this uh, Johnson and Statham, and it would be the <laughs> yeah, same yeah, yeah, yeah. because right. we're going for the celebrity. And often I'm really bothered by that in filmmaking when we go to see the celebrity and not the story. Uh-huh. But this movie is so transparent about that that I'm willing to accept it. Yeah. And, you know, we talked a little bit about um, Tokyo Drift, uh, which is a rough haul at, yeah. of a movie, right? Yeah. And that's three, right? That's the that's third one. That's the third one, but it takes place in between six right, and seven. Six, right. So it's the third one, right? Yeah. The third, third film made. And it's it's a rough ride because it's mm. try, it, I think in that film they realize well, we can't keep making the same movie. We have to figure a different route uh-huh. to go. Uh-huh. I'm not interested in that. Right. You know, I, I'm, I watch those films. I'm not, I, but I love spectacle when I can get it. Yeah. And I love spectacle that knows it's spectacle. Um, it's one, it's uh, the example I would give is the, uh, you're going to get mad at me, the prequel Star Wars films. They, they're full of spectacle and they don't know it. Like, right. like the, I, I don't think that the filmmakers working on those, especially the first two of those, understand that what they're making is spectacle, not story. Yeah. They forget. Well, George lost so, himself, right? Yeah, George Lucas completely lost himself yeah. in CGI spectacle of what his Star Wars universe could That's be. That's right. And, and celebrity of the characters. Right. You got Liam Neeson coming in. You have well, Jim and Berger you have... Darth Vader's story. It's right. just okay, the story so the celebrity about celebrity, of right? You the get character like, being the celebrity. Vader is the celebrity right. of the Star Wars universe right. in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And so that story, you know, Han Solo gets one medium crappy backstory film. Right. Vader gets three, you know? Right. right but right. they're spectacle. And, and so they don't know it. And that bugs me, right? right, right. It doesn't mean I think they're horrible films. Well, the yeah. first one's pretty awful i think the first one's better than the second one okay well then we have two bad films out of that three but <laughs> if but, i had to choose so let me get, tell you real quick i went to see all six of them before force awakens came, oh God, came out I did, I did one through six it was like a 24-hour run and um you know i think i got to the theater it was probably like 1 a.m or 2 a.m and we watched them all right. like, leading up to the 7 p.m premiere right where we saw you guys i had to sleep i had to sleep i, I had to choose a film at some <laughs> point which film am i going to go to back to my car and sleep in the back seat of the Prius, uh, and I chose Attack of the Clones because I cannot listen to Hayden Christensen say whatever lines he's saying. Exists. I had, to, I had, to, and thankfully I came back for the Yoda fight at the end. That was it. Yeah. But it, man. Anyway, so, continue. But, but to say yeah. that, that's yeah. that's I, I get bugged when spectacle doesn't know it's spectacle. This right. movie knows exactly what it is. It's yeah, not yeah, yeah. saying anything else. The the trailer tells us, and there's something about that that's legitimate. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we talked uh, about the tonality of the film. Like right. they know exactly what they are, what they're doing. It's a money-making machine. It's just, it's just generating income. They know the rock and the, and Statham are just home runs. Every, right. every time you see, we've seen even the ratings for the movies, people have been saying like, yeah, fast and furious. It got way better when the rock came in. Uh, some people will disagree with that, I think, but um, you know, are, there's people out there right there. Are you going to take the rock? Or are you going to take Vin Diesel? Like, which would you rather have? Um, I miss the heart in this movie that Vin mm-hmm. Diesel brings, the sincerity exactly. that he brings. Yeah. Um, 
but there's this whole feud that is between them a little bit. And so they're taking this franchise, I think, into multiple pieces here. Where Fast 9 is coming out in 2020, I believe. Vin Diesel's back reprising that role as Dom Toretto. Uh, And I do not think we're going to see Hobbs in that film. Um, I think they're going to go one direction with that. I think Hobbs and Shaw is going to go in a different direction. I would not be surprised if we saw a film, quote-unquote, called The Hobbs Family that comes out and it's him and his brothers doing whatever they're doing with the Hobbs customs. And then I would not be surprised if we saw the Shaw family come out and it's Helen Mirren, uh, Kirby and, uh, right. And Luke Evans as Owen Shaw and, uh, Statham as Decker. So one of them is a, is an action film, right? And the other one Mm -hmm. is a grifter film, right? Right. It's a, yeah, you know, and, and that actually, but this idea of extended universe in film today is the way to go, right? You right. want to build out a giant franchise. Yeah. And as long as they keep their head about them, mm-hmm. they can probably pull it off. Yeah, I think you know? so. Um, yeah. And again, uh, if this comes on television, I'm probably going to let myself watch them because I'm going to want to yeah. see that thing I saw that I liked. The, the franchise has always been about family, right? Mm-hmm. Vin Diesel is always yeah. saying family. This film in particular is very family-oriented, and it felt overly... Uh, shoved down my throat a little bit. They weren't just like spoon, uh, spoon feeding me this no, little no, family no. thing. It was like, here, I'm going to slap you with a big old bumper sticker that says family. And uh, They just didn't say the word out loud 19 times. That's we prone to hear. <laughs> right, right, right. One of the other yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, there's no Vin Diesel monologue that it's you know is going to end in family. Right? Yeah. So, but yeah, so it, it's always been about family. And so you're going to have Vin Diesel and his family in one film. You're going to have Hobbs and his family another, and Shaw and his family in a third. And I think those are going to be the tiers moving forward uh, with one major, uh, I think, focus on this new team that they're building. It sounds like Kevin Hart, Ryan Reynolds, Shaw, and Hobbs may every once in a while, in the same way the Avengers have their own separate films, we're going to, they're going to appear together as one team. And people. that means you can produce a movie along with uh, Kurt Russell almost Mr. every Nobody year. In, right. right. Yeah, exactly. You they're they're going to be mo- pumping movies out. That's right. So they're taking this franchise into a, into Marvel territory of splitting into we, different directions. Right. Without the sincerity, potentially. Uh-huh. Uh, the only sincerity you're going to get is in the Vin Diesel films. That's right. That's potentially and, and it. That, <laughs> that major, I don't even know. What <laughs> There's almost too much sincerity is. sometimes. No, yeah, I think that I, it's, I don't even know what that I is. I don't know. It's, some, it's just emotional um, vomit. We have a few minutes left. Uh, I want to talk about the Italian job yeah, real quick. Yeah, let's do that. We, we, yeah, so is this film now in the universe? Just to give a little backstory, right? Um, we walk into uh, Deckard's, Shaw's uh, bunker. He's got a bunch of cars. He sees Mini Cooper. He mentions that he did a job out in California a couple years back. He needed it for it, right? He needed it for a job. He played Handsome Rob in The Italian Job, uh, directed by F. Gary Gray, who did Fate of the Furious, also starring, both films starring Charlize Theron as well. Charlize Theron played a technological like safe cracker back in uh, The Italian Job. Uh, way more on the uh, electrical uh, cyber side rather than the old school mechanical side of things. And she plays a hacker cyber uh, attacker in uh, Fate of the Furious. Uh, and they mention their history together in some way. So is the are those two things connected? And will we see Mark Wahlberg pop up in a future Fast and so, Furious So if film? Mark, Mark Wahlberg was smart, <laughs> the answer is yes. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I love the idea of 
extended weird connection between film. Yeah. I love any time we find that something's been in a universe that we didn't know it was. Right. And it's happening more and more often where we're seeing things sort of get leaks or connections. And I love that. Yeah. Um, it's we, fun. We, yeah. And we're storytellers, right? Like as a species, mm-hmm. we love story. So we want to find more story in anything. We yeah. want to find connections. We're conspiracy animals, right? right. Like that's what we are. And so uh, I, I would love that. Yeah. And The Italian Job is an extraordinarily good film. Yeah, so much fun. Uh, yeah. And and really well designed, yeah. well acted, smart, um, it makes perfect sense, mm-hmm. but as a but if it doesn't happen, the throwaway is still worth it. Right, Easter eggs are Easter eggs in films today too. Yeah. It's a it, it's the gift to the fans, right? Yeah. And so I'm willing to accept those those gifts, yeah, 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 yeah. without You'll the needed those. attachment. Yeah. Oh, what do you think? Uh, I don't think they're gonna go any further with it. I th- I think that was probably just a one and done sort of like nod to that movie that maybe. David Leach really liked as uh, you know, and David Leach has had a heck of a career. He he um, co-directed the first John Wick, moved on to Atomic Blonde, Deadpool two, and now is doing Hobbs and Shaw. So he's definitely cemented himself as an action director, and he may have really found a lot of inspiration from the Italian the Italian job from uh, a couple years back to two thousand two two thousand somewhere in there. Um, so yeah, I don't think it's going any further, but it was a nice little Easter egg that they that they threw in there. It'd be kind of fun to see maybe. A little more connection between um, Cypher and uh, Shaw. See if their relationship actually did play out all those years ago. If that's actually what they were talking about. But as far as seeing act- actors from that film coming in, I don't. I don't think we're going to see. Yeah, it. I mean, it's for for those actors. It might be a boon to end up in this franchise briefly, right? right? But the franchise doesn't need them, right? Yeah, like the franchise doesn't need the Italian job. Right. The Italian job needs the franchise. And mm-hmm. in a way, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I hope that people try, like, part of the reason we we're mentioning it mm-hmm. is I want people to go watch that other movie, too. Right, right. You know? Well, I almost bought it. It was four ninety nine the other day on iTunes. Well, you know, so I was like, should, man, I need to go. People should definitively watch it. It made me want to buy it and watch it. So, um, you want to wrap up? You want to do a second rating here? What do you What do you think? What do you want to do? Uh, well, I, I think we should wrap up. Um, there's, I, I don't want to belabor the point. Um yeah, let's let's rate. But I think we don't need to. I'm, I don't have any number game here. So, I don't either. So, so maybe not. Maybe recommendation. Not let's just say that. Would I recommend the film in, in theaters or at home? What What are you telling people to do? Oh, uh, in theaters. I think, I think it's fun at home. I think I think it's a lot of fun at home. There's just something about. I think I'll always recommend the big screen. So I think if you ask me that question for almost any movie, unless the movie is absolutely terrible or a comedy in some way, like a right. strict comedy, like. I would never recommend like go see Step Brothers in the movies. Like that's just not a film I'm gonna want to go mm-hmm. see because I can get the same experience on my couch. But a big action set piece where you're seeing Idris Elba fly through a double decker London city bus, yeah, I want to see that on a you know a thousand foot screen. I don't know how big these screens are, but it's some some huge screen with a big surround sound system, and I have the feeling, and you know, I'm eating popcorn and I'm drinking a soda and I'm sitting in a reclining seat watching this film go off, and it's just. It's fun. It's fun to see in the theater. So, yeah, I, my my feeling about it is that uh, we've talked a lot about audience in in movies, mm-hmm. and I sat next to a guy this time. Oh, he was 
laughing his head off. Yeah, he loved every moment of the yeah. movie, and he hated much of the trailers. Like as the trailers played, he was grumping and making these negative noises. And I <laughs> and the and I, as we're going through the trailers, yeah. I'm like, oh, this guy's going to be a problem because yeah. what he's sa- he's responding to things that are good <laughs> and the things yeah. that are horrible. He's happy about. It. I'm like, well, I'm in trouble. I'm in Godzilla land. Like that's what's my head. Oh right, right. And then the movie started, and he shut up and watched and enjoyed it. And I was sitting, and I hate people. <laughs> to some great extent like i'm just so uncomfortable in large-scale public yeah. situations and here i am in a space with this these people and i'm, I'm enjoying myself and as the room filled with folks mm-hmm. i got more and more apprehensive mm-hmm. as we're watching trailers and there's people coming in late yeah and right. we have had a couple of bad experiences where audiences yeah. have been that way at a movie like this right but i think these people care about it and that means you're in a community setting that's really good to watch the movie right and that was great. Um, so, and I, and I want to applaud briefly the AMC popcorn, which was extraordinary. <laughs> Stubbs is worth it both yeah, oh, yeah. for the deal of getting to see the films and because they yeah. had pretty, really, really good popcorn. But uh, yeah, I loved, I, I think going to see this in the theater is where to go. Where, go. where Dark Phoenix, watch it at home. Yeah, right. You're not going to miss much. Right. So at certain movies, I will say, just go. If it's that bad, just stay at home. Yeah, and if the home. special effects aren't sufficient for the scale, this movie's full mm-hmm. of special effects, mm-hmm. right? Their budget's there. Yeah, but they had do, enough money. Do, did you sit at any point, really, and say this sucked? There were places I said... No, because I knew that this movie was what it was. Yeah. Um, and so going in, I knew story was going to be... Maybe take a back seat to the action and to the rock and to Statham. It didn't matter to me. I was just like, I'm along for the ride. And uh, whatever happens, happens. They throw some ridiculous thing out. I'm not going to be like, that's so dumb. I'm just going to laugh at it and move on. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. All right, good. Let's wrap up because I know we're going to run out of awesome. space. Uh, thanks, guys, for watching the Rack and Focus podcast or listening, wherever you're listening. Uh, we want you guys to tweet at us, to uh, connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You can find us on Twitter at PodFocus, on Instagram at Racking Focus Podcast. And on Facebook, somewhere you can just type in Racking, Racking Focus, Focus Podcast. Podcast. Yeah, somewhere on there. Uh, we are building, and well. we're building a Facebook group yes. to go along with our page yep. to uh, try and get more conversation going because we actually do care about what you folks have to say. And since I don't have to sit next to you while we're doing it, I'm comfortable. Yes, yeah, so be on the lookout for that. We will mention that in a future episode where you can find that. You can group. also uh, uh, contact us by email at uh, rackingfocuspodcast at gmail.com. Racking Focus Pod. Racking Focus Pod. I always do that. Yeah. I always add the That's podcast. all good. It's, it's, it's natural. It's way too many addresses. Racking Focus Pod uh, at gmail.com. And all that stuff's appearing here, here, somewhere. Somewhere. Around my hands. Um, so we can sign ourselves off now. Um, we have a new editor this week. Tori Purcell's doing the editing for this week's show. She's a student at Emerson, and she's sort of, uh, te- we're giving her some opportunity to work. And we also want to mention that our next movie will be our plan. Is it The Farewell? I think it's The Farewell. I think we're going to go see The Farewell this weekend. So that'll be coming up. We have these bonus episodes too. So if you're on the regular feed, you're going to find bonus episodes from both Josiah and I talking about a film we think is worth talking about. So make sure you check those out as well. Other than that, thanks for watching, guys. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to the Racking Focus Podcast.